You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Connor Lives. He's joined by my co-host tonight, Mark Schofield. We are here. I mean, this is coming out on Saturday. We have five days until the draft. It's pretty much here. And um, today we're going to – we've done – Mark, we've done a pretty good job of not making this a Cowboys-related podcast, being that it comes out on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. But today we are going to go full-on Cowboys. Let's do it. <laughs> And I mean, we're gonna we're just we're just going full on cowboys for this one. We're gonna like I think you're gonna get like 14 rounds in a sense of <laughs> cowboys related draft content. Let's put it that way. I'm gonna let Mark roast my final cowboys mock draft that I did on blogging the boys that was released um on Thursday or on Friday, excuse me. And then me and Mark are going to pull up a simulator and see if we can outdo myself. Um so well, I mean don't don't set the people up for disappointment, Connor, by saying that I'm going to roast it because we tried that last that's week. True, we tried that's picking true, fights true. and it didn't happen. And I'm sitting here right now. I'm scrolling through your walk and I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't take until round five when I'm like, eh, maybe I would have done something different here. Okay. I mean, All right. I, All right. So, so let, let's talk about it. For anybody who's not seen it, this is my final seven round. Cowboys mock draft. You can read it on blogging the boys with the analysis and everything. But in round one of the 24th overall pick, I took Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M, plug and play left guard. You got any issues with that with Trevor Penning, um, Arnold Ebiketti, and Sky Moore still on the board? I don't. I mean, my first thought was where's Zion Johnson? He came off the board right before, apparently, yeah. at, yeah. at 23. And so if Kenyon Green's there, I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, are you uh, a. I, Zion Johnson over Kenyon Green guy? I am mostly because of positional flexibility, although I understand right. that goes different ways. I, I understand some people might say, look, you know, the fact that he can play guard, he can play tackle. Well, I mean, that's that's one thing, but it's the sort of jack of all trades, master of none. You're talking about Kenyon Green, a guy that, you know, three months ago, two months ago, was looked at as he's the top guard in this draft. You know, he's a guy that's going to call off the board in the top 15, in the top 10. And now you're talking about getting him at 25. And so while sort of in a vacuum, I'm Johnson over Green because of the versatility, I could see why people would go in a different direction. But that's out the board. I'm glad you didn't do Pennon, you know, because I like, you. like we've talked about, we're not huge fans of his game. And right. so, you know, 
Sky Moore, I mean, yes, I, I like Sky Moore in a vacuum as a prospect. I don't know if I like him at 24. I don't necessarily know if I like him at Dallas at 24. You know, I, I like the green pick. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I've am i kind of stayed on this train. I've had a little, like, you know, fluctuation in my rankings this year, probably more so than other years. But, I mean, I green – Green was like a top 10 guy for me, and then he didn't test great. I mean, it wasn't right. that awful by any means, but it wasn't great. And he fell just outside of my top 10. Um, I think he finishes my 11th or 12th overall player. Um, and I just love his game. And you mentioned, like you mentioned his, you mentioned Zion Johnson's position flexibility. And I think Kenyon Green has some of that, not to the extent because he's not the overall athlete, but right. we saw him play tackle. We saw him play guard. And I just think he, probably even more so than Zion Johnson in year one is more of that sure thing, plug and play guard. Um, yeah. So that's kind of just the value there. But um, as, as many people know, Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson are two of the more popular names. So I don't want to spend a ton of time there. Um, in round two, I traded the 56 overall pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, and defensive tackle Tristan Hill to move up to Cleveland at 44th overall and pick Georgia wide receiver George Pickens. What's your thoughts I, on the trade and then the player? I love it. Uh, I love the trade. I love going up and getting this guy. Um, I know you know that like Brugler and Zerline are saying, you know, the, the first right. round talk for Pickens, it might be a bit much. I get it because I keep putting him in the first round. I mean, you look right. at whether it's Green Bay at the end of the first because they get the two picks, whether it's one of the two picks the Chiefs have at the end of the first. I keep saying, I keep telling people, like, we're going to get, you know, if we get six wide receivers, Pickens might be number six in the first round. Uh, so to get him at 44, I'm a huge fan of that. You know, it's interesting, you know, you say you're coming up with Cleveland. Cleveland needs a receiver. You know, this is right. one of those moments where, like, a simulation in a sense can kind of steer you wrong because I think if, if Cleveland sit there at 44 and Pickens is on the board, they might draft them themselves. Right. Um, but I, I'm a huge fan of him as a player. I think he's, you know, he's a plug and play type of guy. I love the way he works on the outside. I mean, you don't come into the SEC as a true freshman and win the way he did. And I think if he doesn't get hurt or if they have, more consistency at quarterback in 2020 he's a first rounder I, I think he's a first round talent and to get him at 44 I think is great value and here's a couple of the reasons I did think okay this trade is at least somewhat realistic enough to do it and the one thing I start is I was like all right what player can I add into this because we've seen that more recently where players yeah. get moved on draft day instead of yeah. just picks and we know they don't have a first-round pick this year. They traded that um, for Deshaun Watson, and they don't have a ton of draft capital next year. Um, so for me, it was like, all right, let's let's recoup some of that draft capital in 2023. Yeah. And then Tristan Hill, I mean, you look at their defensive tackle room, and it's just – I mean, Malik McDowell's the only name that brings – you know, that, that is like a starting caliber player, and he's got some yeah. legal issues that he might not – Yeah, he might not be there. Right. So, and then the other, the other thing too, that I think is kind of important to me is while they do need a receiver, you know, they traded for Amari Cooper, which I think it is funny that the team that traded away Amari Cooper and then the team that traded for Amari Cooper are both desperate for a receiver at this point. But the one thing about the Cowboys is they do not draft small school 
players in general, especially like skill players like that relative, like in the top 50 in the top 75, which I know they're right outside the top 50 where we've seen Cleveland do that in the past, you know, and they have, they're more susceptible to draft a smaller school guy. Um, So I was like, well, you know what? They could probably move back to 56 and get a Christian Watson or a Jalen Tolbert or something like that. So that was my, my realistic reasoning there. Um, Then in the third round at 88th overall, I took Brian Osamoa, the Oklahoma linebacker. That's kind of just a best available player fits a position of need for them. And just, I didn't love, you know, I had already went receiver. I'd already went interior offensive line. And I felt like Brian Osamoa was probably the best player available. He can do a lot of the Deion Jones type of role for Dan Quinn in the Dallas defense. So it just made a ton of sense there. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like this idea. I like this fit. I like his athleticism, you know, sideline to sideline ability. It's going to give Quinn, like you said, the undersized fast linebacker in his defense guys like Deion Jones, Keanu Neal, you know, and he's, he's going to fit in that sort of mold. It allows you some flexibility with a second level of that defense, you know, like you say, Parsons is probably going to see a little bit more time on the edge. We sort of expect that given, you know, other things that have happened on the roster and certainly what he showed on the edge last year. You know, maybe this allows for a little bit of an athletic group on sub packages with him and Jabril Cox on the field with Parsons at edge. And so I, we, we've talked about him, Asamoah, for a while now on this show. And I know you got a chance to talk to him earlier this draft cycle. We've been excited about the possibility and the potential fit in Dallas and I think it's great value here. Cool. All right. Fourth round pick, and then we'll lump some of these fifths together since it's a bunch of them. But uh, round four, 129th overall, I drafted Carly, uh, Charlie Collier, the Iowa State tight end. Um, you have any issues with that? Love it. He's I one of my favorite, like, mid-round options of tight end. And I know we sort of talked about him a little bit last week. Like, yeah, I know guys like Chigga uh, Quanquo and Jelani Woods are sort of getting a lot of hype right now. But – I really like what he did on film, and I think there's a little bit more that he could offer at the next level as a receiver. I think he's got, like, part of the blocking responsibilities for that sort of inline guy down, and that's usually the tougher part of the adjustment for college tight ends coming out is, oh, wait, you want me to put my hand in the dirt? You want me to line up next to the tackle? You want me to do what? Like, he's got that. Like, he's got that part of his game filled out. And so I absolutely love this pick. I mean, when I was spinning through this, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I like green. I like pickets. I like the linebacker from, and then it got to this and I was like, okay, yeah, I really like this pick. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I think it's just all about that value too. It's like, I'd rather have Collier 129 than Jelani Woods or, you know, some of those other Greg Dulcich. Like I, I like the value more for, for Collier at 129. Absolutely. Than the other guy at 88. So that was one of my other, um, favorite picks. And then, all right, so we'll lump these next couple together because we are going to do another seven-round mock draft to see if Mark can add some actual um, good picks to the ledger. All right, round five, I went Isaiah Thomas, the Oklahoma edge rusher at 155th overall in the fifth round. I added Curtis Brooks, the Cincinnati defensive tackle at 167th overall in the fifth round. And then I added Joshua Ezeudu, the North Carolina offensive lineman with the 176 overall pick in the fifth round. And then I added Abram Smith, the Baylor running back with the 178th overall pick in the fifth round. Thoughts. What first jumps out to me is well, remember one of the first shows we did this season where we think Chad Reuter had second the round. Carolina guard in the second round. Second round. We were just like, wait a second. 
who who's this guy and we had to like learn on the fly who he was so i think <laughs> you know connor you got some great value here to get him in the fifth round when people at, at other bigger outlets have been saying he might come off the board in the second so obviously there's something to be said about that you know i like brooks the cincinnati defensive lineman you know, like you said, he's got some upside, um, some potential like sub package opportunities as a three tech, you know, has to fill out physically and sort of technique wise, but right. there's some sort of potential there. And so those two picks certainly jump out, you know, Smith, the Baylor running back, you know, it will be a nice sort of addition to the room. Like, you know, you can probably use him as part of a rotation at some point, but you know, it's a nice depth piece, but yeah, I think some of those picks kind of, especially the Cincinnati defensive lineman, I like those. Yeah, and, and some of this was like I know that they have. So I mean, again, putting this together was I was trying to predict what they do in it. So for me, like I might have went with a different running back in the fifth right. round. I might have went with a different. Actually, I like Isaiah Thomas quite a bit there at one twenty nine, um, and I know they like him a lot too. So that was one of the reasons I went with him over some other options. But this late, you're looking for traits. You're looking for. Yep something you value specialty. I mean, Abram Smith's a great special teams player. So you're kind of looking for the traits. And I think those were some traitsy picks. Um, and then last pick 193rd overall, I drafted the LSU kicker Cade York. I have no have kicker takes. We don't have I have kicker, absolutely man. no kicker takes. Connor. We, we, our kicker right now is named Chris Nagger and he has kicked two he has kicked one field goal attempt in the NFL. He made it, and he is one for two on extra points. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, a flyer on the kicker late on day three seems like it would be a worthwhile investment. Yep, yep. All right, so let's get into this. Um, let me see, try to figure out how to do this, but I'm going to share my screen. Let's do this. All right, can you see my screen, Mark? Not yet. All right, let's see. There we go. You got it there. now. Got it now. We have the – we're going to use the PFF mock draft simulator. We're going to draft for the Cowboys. We're going to do seven rounds. We're going to move this thing pretty fast so we can get through it. I'm going to adjust the settings here a little bit. I like to do – actually, it's set up pretty good right now. Yeah, it um, is set up pretty well. So – think it's fair fair between your public your pff board kind of gives you some some nuance there but yeah let's run this bad boy and see what happens see if mark is the the better drafter i don't know about that i got faith in in mark more than myself that 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 faith might be misguided okay my timido goes off the board first we're we're rolling we got aiden hutchinson first ahmad sauce gardner second Kayvon Thibodeau goes three to Houston. Akeem Aquanu goes four to the Jets. Derek Steenley goes fifth to the Giants. Charles Cross goes six to the Panthers. Evan Neal goes seventh to the Giants. Kyle Hamilton goes eighth to the Falcons. Trayvon Walker goes ninth to the Seahawks. Trent McDuffie at 10. I kind of like that. I kind of like that too. (laughs) I mean, Stingley and Gardner went. Yeah. Booth's hurt. I, I could see that. It's hard to see them not going with the receiver there at 10, but yeah. I'd like it. Um, Jamison Williams goes 11 to Washington. I like that fit for them a lot. 
Uh, Garrett Wilson goes 12th to the Vikings. That's a little interesting. <laughs> but, damn, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Garrett Wilson, that is a fun wide receiver That's room. A nice little receiver room. All right, let's let this bad boy run. We'll recap here in a second. All right. We had Devin Lloyd go to the Texans at 13. Lovey Smith made that pick. Drake London goes to the Ravens at 14. That's interesting. Okay. Chris Olave goes to the Eagles at 15. Malik Willis, the first quarterback off the board, goes to the Saints at 16. Jordan Davis goes to the Chargers at 17. George Karloftis goes to the Eagles at 18. So nothing crazy yet. Kind of pretty predictable. All right, let's let this bad boy run. See what happens here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We had N'Kobe Dean go to the Saints at 19. Devontae Wyatt go to the Steelers at 20. Your New England Patriots take Zion Johnson with the 21st overall pick. Green Bay Packers take Andrew Booth at 22. Jermaine Johnson falls all the way to the Cardinals at 23, and we are on the clock at 24. That's a fantastic pick by Arizona, by the way. Oh, yeah, that 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 is right. I mean, again, like we talk about Jermaine Johnson going in the top 10 or so, and that's rich for me. But he, there, it's like slam dunk. three is perfect, yeah. Right. All right, so what do you think? I mean, Kenny Green staring you in the face, right? Staring, and, and, and while you, you might look at the rankings and you're upset, you're like, what are we doing taking the 39th overall player at 24? I'm – dancing right now because i'm yeah. like we got a stud and again like unfortunately linderbaum should be in the conversation for me but the cowboys don't seem to be very interested in no they don't they really the guys so Kenyon green's the pick yep we got a starting left guard we're trying to get back to not being an absolute mess on the offensive line All right, the first round closes out with Trevor Penning going 25 to the Bills, Tyler Linderbaum going 26 to the Titans, Kyrie Elam going 27th to the Bucks, Traylon Burks going 28th to the Packers, Daxton Hill going 29th to the Chiefs. I love that for them. Yeah, absolutely. Tyler Smith making it in the first round, going 30th to the Chiefs. I do not love that for them. I don't get that one at all. <laughs> I, I still don't get Tyler Smith in the first round, but it seems like that's they're, 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 it's going to happen, it seems like. I don't either, man. Sky Moore goes to the Bengals at 31. That is that's interesting. Kenny Pickett falls all the way to the 32nd overall pick, and he is a Detroit line. First three picks, we're going to let this run. Actually – We'll, we'll t- so next three picks, first three picks of the second round is Lewis Seen goes to Jacksonville. Arnold Ebiketti goes to Detroit. And then Bernard Raymond goes to the Jets. It immediately starts over Mackay Beckton. Yeah. I like, honestly, if you could do that and tell me that they get Sauce Gardner at two, Kenny Pickett at 32, and then Arnold Ebiketti at 34. That's a nice job for Detroit. Yeah. Like, I mean, you don't go Trayvon Walker at two, but you get CB1, and then you get a talented high upside pass rusher at 34. Sure. Yeah. And, and that fifth-year option on Kenny Pickett, even though he's a little bit of an older quarterback, but still. Correct. 
You have any interest in moving up for one of these receivers here? Are you going to let it ride? If you were, if you were, who's who's available at receiver? It's the only thing I don't like about PFF is you can't see that. So it's going to be right now. It looks like you got Jahan Dotson. Looks like you have Pickens. Looks like he's available. Pickens is still around. And that's probably going to be your top two guys. And then it gets into yeah. your Jalen Tolbert, your Christian Watsons. Yeah. Why don't we let it run? See Let's what let it run. Yeah. George Pickens goes. Pickens goes to the Jets, goes to 38. Christian Watson, Watson goes. Trey McBride, Josh Pat. All right. So to recap, we might have gotten wiped at receiver, but we had Boya Mafe go to the Giants. David Ajabo go to the Texans. George Pickens go to the Jets. Jalen Petrie go to the Bears. Sam Howell go to the Seahawks. Kyler Gordon go to the Seahawks. Jahan Dotson go to the Colts. Matt Corral go to the Falcons. Travis Jones go to the Browns. Quay Walker go to the Ravens. Of course, the Ravens get great players. Nick Benito go to the Vikings. Desmond Ritter go to the uh, Commanders. Christian Watson go to the Bears. Kenneth Walker go to the Saints. Brees Hall go to the Chiefs. Roger McCurry go to the Eagles. Jaquan Brisker, Steelers, Leo Chanel, Packers, Trey McBride, Patriots, Josh Paschal, Cardinals. By the way, somebody needs to be fired in New England because after spending $16 billion on tight ends and free agency, you're going to turn around and draft Trey McBride at 54? Like, what are we doing? Zion Johnson, I get, but Trey McBride at 54? Oh, man. That would be hilarious. The the first team to run – 13 personnel yeah, as their base offense. Personnel. <laughs> like, all right, we got all the tight ends. <laughs> all right, so our receiver options are Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama, who I don't think the Cowboys are going to have a ton of interest in. Just no, because of the small, the small school thing like you just mentioned. John Mechie out of Alabama, which working back from the ACL, big fan of his game. I'd He's, be okay with that. but I would too. It's weird because PFF has him at 74. I'm like, I know. I'm so okay in the 40s and 50s. Let's see if anybody just blows us away real quick as far as like a BPA standpoint goes. So Drake Jackson is their best player available. We got Brian Osamoa still around. Kingsley and Anderson. Really? 51 overall? I don't get it, man. Wow. I called him the defensive taste on Hill the other day. And they have over Chad Muma? Chad Muma, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, they have them significantly over Chad Muma. Wow. Well, 12 players, technically. Still, I mean, man. Logan Hall here is kind of intriguing. Logan Hall is very intriguing. What, do you, like think, be, what do you think of Dulcich, the UCLA tight end? I like him. I like him, too. I don't know. I don't, if, I, again. a lot. Early. Right. And again, if you tell me I can get a Charlie Collier or yeah, that's that it. type of player at 129, then yeah, from a value standpoint, I think I'd rather wait. Man, what are you thinking? I like, I'm dude, coming I, back to Mechie. I am too. We're, we talked about him a little bit the other night, but where are you at on Perry on Winfrey? I like him. I'd take him at 56 and be like, cool, but that's they're not going to take a defense tackle that high. Yeah. But I like Mechie here. I mean, again, like – he, he injured his ACL a lot earlier in the season. He should be back for training camp. No, I, I mean, just think 
Where would he go if he didn't have the ACL injury happen in season? What do you think? Probably top 40. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he'd be that fringe guy that like, maybe if you see a run at receivers at the end of the first round, he might sneak in, but in all likelihood, it's probably like, you know, a a team picking in the late thirties drafts. Yeah. Yeah, let's I'm do John. I'm, I'm cool with John Mechie. He's a top 50 player for me. I'm, yep. I'm not worried about ACLs in 2022. So. I love it. John Mechie is the pick, the Alabama wide receiver. All right, we're going to let this bad boy run. We're not going to talk about every single pick now. So we're going to let it run to 88. All right. Now we got – we're probably going to be looking at edge rushers. Dominique Robinson, D'Angelo Malone, MyJ Sanders are your top three guys. We're looking at tight ends. Jelani Woods, Jeremy Ruckert, Cade Otten, James Mitchell. Yeah, this is the one thing about, you know, with, with PFF, you can sort of cheat this one because, you know, Kolar is a 156, so you can kind of be patient there. Where do you think Kolar goes on draft day? Top 100? Uh, Just out. Probably, probably around 129? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of exactly what I'm thinking. I think yeah. it's realistic to think he'll be there at 129. Right. Where, where are you at on guys like Jeremy Rucker and Kate Otten? I know where you I mean, kind of are like on Johnny Woods. You know, I like them, but I, I think they still should come off the board around the same range as Charlie Kolar. I mean. So we feel know. comfortable letting it ride. Yeah, I can. We can let tight end run. What about um, interior defensive line? Everybody jump out there. We got Matthew Butler, boy Matthew Butler, your guy. <laughs> we got Neil Farrell out of LSU. Wow, that thinned out quickly. Yeah, and it. I mean that. That's realistic, though. Like, yeah, that is. I think once you're, you're once you get past like the Fedarian Mathis and yeah. that sort of tier, it thins out. Yep. I'm surprised like, they have Ridgeway so low. I was gonna say you got some guys on day three like Ridgeway. Um, like I love I still like Ogbonia, his yeah. his potential there. Um, I've become a bigger fan of Curtis Brooks over the last couple of weeks. I mean, there's guys yeah. you like, but there's not guys you're like, all right, you know, this yeah, guy's I don't feel to me that we can force any of these guys at 88 or even 129. Like we can wait right. to one five Let's so. peek at the corners real quick, just because we've had some Kelvin Joseph news recently. Marcus Jones is kind of intriguing. God, he just I, – I love Marcus Jones, but Dan Quinn and Marcus Jones just are that, not – That doesn't seem to make sense. I like Damari – I mean, that's that's the same thing with Damari Mathis. Yeah. I like his game, but it's just like he doesn't fit any of those prototypes that they really look – I mean, Martin Emerson does. Emerson, seems, yeah. Yeah. Where, are, do you think that's a little early for Emerson or – would you feel comfortable taking him right around here? I mean, for Dallas, I may feel pretty comfortable doing that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, lo- I was just looking at Zion McCollum because he tested really, you know, he's good traits, but another small school guy that I just yeah, don't Yeah, I don't think Dallas would do it. I don't think they do it at 88. I mean, maybe if he's there, like, late, they do it. All right. Let's, I mean, I, I'd be cool with, um, I'd be cool with Emerson there, but let's take a look at the Ed Rusher. Do you like DeMar- Do you like Dominique Robinson? I mean, you know, he's okay. See, I like D'Angelo Malone over Robinson. I like Malone better. Yeah. 
if you want to go edge, I'm fine with Malone here instead of Robinson. I think it's a bit early for Ajay. I do too. Yeah, I'm cool with Malone. Yeah, either Malone or Emerson I'm fine with. So where do you think the biggest need from, from an outside looking in? They have Trayvon Diggs. Kelvin Joseph is still on the roster. Obviously, we'll see what happens there with the, the NFL investigating that. But Kelvin Joseph, uh, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, they drafted Nation Wright in the top 100 last year. Um, so they have bodies at corner. And then at edge, they're looking at Dante Fowler and Dorrance Armstrong playing valuable snaps along with Demarcus Lawrence and Terrell Basham. I, I feel like edge is the bigger need. I agree. And, and Not, who's left? Who else is? Because there's still there's more depth at corner, right? Than there is at edge. Yeah. Like I still feel like at one twenty nine, at one fifty five, even there'll be a corner that we can grab. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go with D'Angelo Malone. That's a little mix up too. Yeah. You don't. Don't see him in Cowboys mock drafts much, but I think he's a really good player. So I'd be excited for him. Carson Strong at 110. There you go. Or something <laughs> like that. There you go. David Bell just came off the board too in the 100s. All right. We were on the I mean, clock at 129. So let's see what corners made it. Kalen Barnes, Tariq Castro-Fields, Kobe Bryant. God, they have Kobe Bryant super low. Yeah, that that seems like a steal to me. Yeah, Jalen Watson here. All right, so Kobe Bryant would be probably my highest-graded player here. Let's look at these yeah. linebackers real quick. I like Terrell I like Bernard a lot. Clark, but he had the herniated disc. Yeah, that's the only – I mean, before that, I would have taken before him. Before that, I was like, yeah, draft him on day two. Yeah. I can't believe how well he tested, though, with a herniated disc. That's insane. I know. Hey, there's your boy, Charlie Kolar, staring us in the face. I think we got to – I think we got to draft Kolar. Yeah. I mean, he's just – He won't be there at one – he won't be there when we're on the clock again. We are turning the pick in for Iowa yeah. State tight end, Charlie it's Kolar. A run to the, it's a run to the podium situation, kids. Even though Kobe Bryant was very intriguing. and he just Kobe Bryant away. is going to be available at 155, I think. He just went. <laughs> he just went. Just brutal. Literally, as I finished saying that. Oh, there you go. Somebody's choking Kelvin Joseph out in the back room now. Like, we just passed on Kobe Bryant. You better get your yeah. shit together. Yeah. All right, let's see what linebackers and corners. I think that's where we need to kind of look. Gosh. How, let's talk about the fall of Darion Kendrick real quick. Yeah. I mean, he was like being mocked in the first round when he, last year when he was still at Clemson. <laughs> yep. Brutal. That's rough. Whew. DeMarco ja- – I like DeMarco Jackson. Yeah. For what he – I mean, like, he's probably a two-down player right away, but he's relatively athletic. Yeah. I mean, 234 is super low. That is insanely low. I would draft DeMarco Jackson here. What do you think? Who else is left up top? Not much. Yeah, but just like Mc... Yeah, I mean, he's DeMarco Jackson is far and away my favorite linebacker out of that group. Yeah. Um, corners, real quick. You got Jalen Watson out of Washington State. 
fun little player. Deron Bland, who I haven't seen a ton of out of Fresno State, but I know the Cowboys do like him. He was yeah. one of their 30 visitors. Yep. Vincent Gray is interesting. Gray. Yep. Mm. I remember a little bit of Goodrich Buzz, too. Yeah. A long time ago. Gray's interesting because he kind of fits a lot of the Dan Quinn prototypes with arm length, height. I mean, again, they got him at 241, but I'd be thrilled with him at 155. (laughs) No, it's funny. You mentioned DeMarco Jackson. I get the Draft Network's board. They got him at 151. Yeah. Let's, Let's draft DeMarco Jackson. So we added Appalachian State linebacker DeMarco Jackson. And then we had technical difficulties as my internet hates us and one of the mock draft to be stopped. They hated the pick so much. Um, but we're going to stop it there anyways. This has been a long part. We're going to add an interview at the end of this too, so it's going to be a long one. We don't want to take up too much of you guys' time. Um, we have a relatively fun draft. I mean, we had Kenyon Green, John Mechie. We added a tight end, Charlie Collier. Yeah. Um, our edge rusher, Dominique uh, D'Angelo Malone, excuse me, out of Western Kentucky, and then DeMarco Jackson. So I like what we did in this draft. I mean, you're Kenyon Green, plug-and-play left guard, um, has some offensive line versatility that you like. John Mechie, you know, as long as he's recovering well, which all signs say he is, he's a starting caliber wide receiver for you. D'Angelo Malone at 88 is a – talented edge out of a smaller school but we've seen them draft smaller school guys you know outside that top 75 so i think d'angelo malone his size length athletic traits are very intriguing there that late uh we had charlie collier the iowa state tight end at 129 and then we added demarco jackson at 155 and that's where we're going to stop it because the draft doesn't go much longer than five rounds anyways so yeah. and my internet hates me but Please, please stick around as we will have an interview on with SMU wide receiver Danny Gray and Baylor running back Abram Smith. We're going to combine both of those today because we're going to have a big one for the final talk in the draft show before the draft. We'll probably come back on the week after and recap the draft, uh, maybe maybe two episodes recapping the draft, but um, we'll have one more pre-draft episode of Talking the Draft coming out Wednesday with one more uh, prospect interview. So make sure you check that out. Thank you guys for hanging around. Sorry about the internet issues, but we will be back Wednesday for another edition of Talking the Draft. Day before the draft. Mark, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, we are just closing in, man. And it's going to be an incredible next, say, nine days. Um, You know, we're recording this Friday night, so it's going to be a lot of fun and we'll like you said, we'll hit you guys up after the draft, one or two shows, three shows, however many it takes to, to recap all the hijinks. We'll be back. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate, do all those fun things. Make sure you listen to all the other shows. We are talking the draft, and we'll see you guys next week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? This is Talking to Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Lobsey. Joined by a very special guest tonight is we have SMU receiver Danny Gray on the show. Danny, man, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Excited to have you on. I know you got a busy week coming up. Uh, draft weekend's technically here. This will be out on Saturday, so the week of the draft is upon us. Um, I know you got probably some big plans in store, but uh, what are those plans you got coming up for the draft? Uh, I'm going to be laid back at the crib, uh, chilling with family and friends, close family and friends at that. Uh, we can just celebrate and they can just, it's just going to be good to be surrounded by love. Absolutely. And I know, you know, I know you had a signing day like that all in college, but this is probably going to be a, a huge step for you. Um, you, you. You said you're going to be surrounded by family and friends, but what's the, what's the vibe going to be like at the Gray Residence uh, this coming up weekend? Uh, we're going to be nervous, but uh, whatever team picked me is just, Man, it's going to be a blessing, and we're going to celebrate. And it's just, once again, I want to be surrounded by, like, real love to a point where, like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them to be around me at the, at the moment. Absolutely. It's always important, you know, you keep the, keep the right people around you. You don't want, you don't want any, any uh, people who don't deserve it to be a part of that, that uh, opportunity and that, that, that um, opportunity for you. So, so, I know that's exciting, big, exciting weekend for you. I know you got to, you're going to have the people you love around you. Um, you mentioned, you know, hey, anywhere you end up, it's going to be big. But you mentioned, hey, wh- whatever team you're asking me, it's going to be awesome. Is Can we start there? Has there been any teams that you think might be more interested in others? I like asking this because, it's, it's you know, you got the you got all the bowl games. You got the, the combines. You got the pro days. Have you been in touch with any more teams more so than other, others at this point? Um, well, I keep in contact with a lot of teams. Uh, I got a Zoom with the Chiefs tomorrow. So uh, I'm going to talk to the Chiefs, I would say, a, a, a few. Uh, and but I, I'm trying to think. Let me see. It's a few teams that I, that like, I talk to a lot. But uh, our team show me a lot of love. So uh, I know I'm on every team draft board. The uh, the Chiefs are probably trying to replace that Tyreek Hill like speed. You you got it. I mean, you had a big big time showing at the combine. You showed up with some, some big time long speed, big time explosiveness. I know that aspect of your game is obviously one of the, the the selling points for you. But what else in your game are you excited to kind of get into the NFL and show? Um, man, you know, you might not have saw this as much as in the SMU offense, but I can do it. You just might not have seen it. Uh, I know I want to come in and I want to. I know I'm a deep threat. Off the rip, I know I can take the top off the defense, but um, I want to really show like what I could do, like other than a deep ball threat. Like I know I I, I took a couple of short passes to the crib, but I want I want to show them that I'm really a speedster, and that on the next level is not really going to matter because my game is my game, and I know I put that work in and I keep craft, I keep creating every look sauce with my craft. It's over. You mentioned kind of the different things you can do, taking the you know the the, the short ball to the deep, to the house, the deep ball, all that. But I think something that's really important that I think you showed um, a lot of 
improvement in over your last year at SMU was your ability to play inside out, move it to the inside of the slot, move outside, be press coverage, be able to move inside and just be able to eat up zone coverage and all that and eat up that space. Um, how important is that? Was, was that for you to show in this final year in SMU? And then obviously with all the traits and all the testing that, Hey, I'm not just an outside guy. I'm not just an inside guy. I can move inside out and, and play different roles in the offense. Uh, I think I showcased that pretty good. Uh, I came, I know I moved around, not a lot, uh, just a little bit uh, this past year, but uh, I started off my first year in the slot. So uh, right. I, I had some pretty good film in the slot and I know that I could be a mismatch for linebackers and on the outside, I know I can handle my business too. Do teams, have they talked to you about primarily playing you on the boundary or moving you inside, you know, in some more of those condensed formations? Has it been a discussion on where they kind of see you fitting best in some offenses or just kind of team by team situation? Uh, yes, sir, Conda. Uh, you know, you got some teams that ask me, like, which one I would prefer. And then you got some teams that tell me, like, hey, how, how would you feel comfortable being in the slot? Uh, if we may need you to play slot, how comfortable would you be with it? So uh, it really doesn't matter for me. I'll play anywhere on the field. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just it's become, like, recently you feel like – and I know being from SMU, like, it, Cole Beasley was your slot receiver for so long. Like, you know, the small, undersized, you know, not, not super explosive, but he could get in there and, you know, beat up some of those – uh, slot defenders but nowadays it's like teams put their most explosive their best receiver in the slot a lot of the time um just because of the mismatch you know the mix match that you can do and i mean with your speed your explosiveness that'd be a lot of fun to kind of see you play um obviously on the boundary but move inside and use that speed and explosiveness on the inside too against some of those smaller um not as you know quick corners you know that they put inside there yes sir so i gotta ask you you know it's it's a topic of discussion we always talk about it and I think SMU is really underrated in this category. And, and I know you're a guy that, that went to JUCO to start, but you finished your career off at SMU. You guys have produced a lot of talented receivers coming out. And you have yourself and Reggie Robinson this year, um, two really talented guys. But um, what's it like and what's the feedback you've gotten from some of these other receivers, Emmanuel Sanders, Corlin Sutton, Cole Beasley, coming up through there and then through the process? If you've gotten a lot of feedback on kind of maybe things to do, the way to handle yourself, all that from some of those those big name guys have been drafted out of SMU recently? Um, I haven't really talked to uh, Emmanuel Sanders or uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders showed me some love on Twitter one day. Uh, <laughs> after that, uh, we haven't really chopped it up like that, but uh, I just seen Cortland at the spring game and we chopped it up a little bit. And James told me all the time, James Poche, that, uh, you know, uh, every treat every interview like a job interview because it is a job interview and he tell me to handle my business and just be you that's it so uh my uncle really he just my uncle really just prepares me for everything so uh he's been preparing me since i was a kid to just always be myself and always like like you know it's a job interview but at the same time just go be you absolutely and we talked i mentioned a little bit about the juco route you, you kind of started your career off at um how i've talked to a lot of guys throughout the years and it always seems like the guys who go to juco first a lot of people like a lot of people fans especially like view that as like oh wow, why do you go juco and it's like juco builds guys i mean michael gallup one of my favorite receivers in the nfl started his career off at juco and he cannot not stop talking about juco you know anytime he gets a chance to bring it up he's like that 
prepped me and prepared me for the NFL, maybe more so than Colorado State or whatever college the guys went to. How important was JUCO to developing you into the player you were today? Uh, you know, JUCO kind of like the bottom. You know, you got people who want to make it out of JUCO. So uh, you got hitters in JUCO. You got yeah. people who are trying to, like, go get that D1 offer. So uh, JUCO was kind of – it was a real-life grind. Uh, you know, you didn't get the best equipment. You don't have the – you really don't have the best of coaching staff. Uh, so you just got to make do with what you have. So uh, we just used to go out there, put work in every day, and – Show out, show out on Saturdays, and hey, the best people got the offers, I guess. Yeah, and you, you know, coming out of coming out of high school and coming out of JUCO, you had plenty of, you know, big time offers, and you know, a lot of people will talk about, oh, you played at SMU, small school, blah blah blah. But I look, it's more so this year than ever that where you have guys who maybe turned down some bigger schools to go to a better situation. Um, talk about what led you to SMU coming out of JUCO. Um, you know, and why you chose SMU over some of the other schools that are offered? So uh, I chose SMU because besides like the family vibe and the love that they showed my family, uh, it was just eight to 10 minutes from where I grew up. So uh, back in my neighborhood, I used to see a lot of kids like with my talent, they just get caught up in the wrong crowd, follow the wrong people. Uh, so I just wanted to be that testimony to just, if they needed somebody to reach out to, I was there for them. If they needed help, I was there for them. So, and also I just wanted to leave them you know, leaving some kind of hope that, man, they can make it out one day. So that was really my whole perspective of it, really. So I got to ask you, you grew up close to SMU. Um, I'm a big, big Cowboys fan, cover the Cowboys. Have you had much contact with the Cowboys throughout this, this draft process? Uh, yes, I talked to the Cowboys a couple of times, and I went to their local day. So uh, we, I, I have a pretty good connection with the Cowboys. Awesome. Yeah, that's good to hear. And I was I figured you're probably at the Dallas State being as that was a place you went to high school and they, they can have a the, the way they structure that, you can have guys who went to college there, guys who grew up there, high school there. So I figured you were a guy who probably ended up at Dallas Day. Um so good to good to see that and obviously good to hear that you've had some contact with them. Um to me, I want to talk a little bit about we talked about JUCO, we talked about, you know, the, the combine, all that. Um your game, we talked about the big plays that you can offer into an offense with your speed, your explosiveness, either after the catch or down the field as a deep ball threat. What else do you offer to an offense? Obviously, when you turn on the tape, you see the traits, you see the ability to create in all three levels. But when a team drafts you, what are they actually going to get in Danny Gray as a player and then as a guy off the field as a person? So as a player, you're going to get a person who's willing to do anything to help the team. What if you got to run down on punts? What if he got to – hey, go try to block a field goal. At the same time, you're getting the same player every day who's going to come in and work hard, no matter what the circumstance is. The standard is the standard, and I live by that. So uh, whatever team give me, hey, they're going to get a dog, and the person who's going to come in and make an impact immediately. Off the field, uh, like I said, whatever community it is, uh, I love the community. So I will try to find ways to help, help the community in whichever way that I can. And I'm just a great guy. I mean, I love my teammates. My teammates is like my second family. Like it's it, it's a brotherhood. So uh, I know that I will come in and just be a great a great person, and that they will love. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned kind of that special teams role. You know, whether it's running down, you know, blocking a kick, running down, you know, on as a gunner on punt team. Has any teams talked to you about being a, a returner? I know you did some of that stuff in high school, some of that stuff in college a little bit. Um, has that been a topic of discussion for you? Uh, yes, sir. A lot of teams uh, ask me 
how do I feel about returning the ball? Which one do I like better, punt return or kickoff return? Uh, so every time I talk to, yeah, they 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 ask me about the return game. Is that that's something you're excited? I mean, returning isn't something for a normal person. You got you got to be you got to no. be a little little crazy upstairs to, to be a returner. Yeah. Is that something you're you're on board for? Oh yes, sir, most definitely. I'm on board for any role that I got to play. And I man, it's it's crazy because. You know, evaluating these guys, most people are like, well, you know, you you just watch them offense, right? You don't watch the, the special teams tape, and it's just like, no, I love watching special teams tape because, I mean, truly, like, I think a lot of what you do as a returner kind of reflects to what you can do in the open space, you know, after the catch, the contact balance, all that stuff. So, how much of that skill set as a return guy can you kind of incorporate into your game as a receiver? Oh, uh, you know, the releases, all of that, the one-step moves. So uh, it all can translate to punt return, uh, you know, catches every day. Uh, probably catch about 20-plus balls each day uh, as you start practice. So, uh, you know, the more you rip it, the better you're going to get at it. So, I mean, uh, it can translate a lot. I mean, you can really come in and make and be a problem at the return game. It's that's a fun position, man. It's it's one of the. I mean, again, a, a punt return, big play punt return. I don't know if there's anything more exciting in sports than seeing a kickoff or a punt return be taken to the house or big Definitely. play, whatever it is. It's just you see it all the time on Sports Center as a kid. I was like, man, that's that's what I want to be. I want to be changing directions, <laughs> making guys miss, and, and taking those, those those kicks to the house. But um, all right. So we talked a lot about what you do, what you can do, what you offer. What are some things that you either have you know, worked on this off season that you wanted to improve on as the season ended or some things that you just want to take into rookie year and get better at as that season progresses for you? Uh, I've just been working on, like, the top of my routes, getting in and out of breaks, uh, creating, you know, smaller steps to get out of my break and focus, focus drills, focus on fingertip catches, uh, make sure you stick two fingers in between your hands and the ball. So um, I've really been working on a lot. Uh I mean, every day is a grind, and every day, you know, you work on something new, you add more releases in. But uh, for me, I've just been really just focused drills and in and out of my breaks. Awesome. Good to hear. You know, a lot of those things, that I, I, you, you read scouting reports, you write scouting reports, and a lot of those things you said you're working on are some things that I know people are, want to see the improvement on. So it's great to hear that that kind of matches up. Um, who are some guys that you watch, that you study, that you evaluate, whether it's pro I've heard a lot this year that guys watch a lot of guys in college, you know, I might look at some of, you know, the top linebackers or type, you know, for you would be top receivers, but who are some guys that you just study, you watch, you take bits and pieces of those games, try to add it to what you do. I was a couple of guys, uh, Tyreek Hill, Allen Robertson with the releases, uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, Justin Jefferson with the aggressive catches, uh, Antonio Brown. I even watch his old film because I love the way Antonio Brown. I love what he does after the catch. So uh, it's a couple of games that I try to mimic my game off of and just take bits and pieces from. All right, now I like to close all my interviews out with this because I think you can get some really fun answers with it. But if you were to take, if you were to build your best 2022 wide receiver. What would that look like? Whether it's taking bits and pieces from each guy, whether it's, hey, this guy is it. I want, you know, this is who I would want it to be. But if you were an offense coordinator, if you were an offensive coach and you were saying, hey, we need this type, we need to build this type of receiver in the year 2022, what would that look like to you? Okay, so to me, uh, I would have the Allen Robinson feet work 
the Danny Gray speed, the DeAndre Hopkins hands, and um, the Danny Gray after the kids. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Good to yeah. hear, man. I like that. I like that answer. I, I I would take a lot of that too. I mean, man, the, the speed you got. I, I don't know if I don't know. There might have been some guys that ran faster at 40, but I don't know if anybody plays as fast as you do. And even though that 40 number might say something different, there was a lot of there was a lot there was a lot of talk that you would run the fastest 40. And watching it and timing it on your own at times, I still think I had you running the fastest 40 this this year at the combine. Yes, sir. Did you yes, run it your pro day? Uh, no, sir, I didn't. Okay. Uh, well, you you ran a four three three at the combine. What's the fastest forty you've been you've been clocked at this this whole process uh, I, and training? The fastest forty I ran was a four two six, four two five, or four two six. Okay. See, I, I mess with those forties a lot. Guys who run fast, where I'm like trying to see how fast they were. I had you at a four two nine at the combine. I don't know if you've heard that from anybody else, but I don't oh, know if the hand times had you a little bit quicker. What it was, but I had you at a four two nine. So. Yeah, it was a couple of it was a couple of guys that had me uh four two. So yeah, I really yes yeah, sir. I really wasn't even worried about it. <laughs> you knew you were gonna run fast, ain't that right? Yes, sir. That's that's what I try to I try to do that and I try to tell people that are getting into this, it's like don't count the fast people twice. You know, if if I know Danny Gray's gonna be fast, if he runs a four two nine, it's like, yep, I knew that was coming. So I'm not gonna not really gonna boost you up for doing that. And and again, like it's See an example for a guy like Traylon Burks who plays fast on tape, but he didn't really run as fast as the combine. It's just like, I'm not going to knock him for that either because I see it on tape. I see he's fast. So just because he didn't run in his underwear super fast, I'm going to knock him for it. So combine's an, an interesting thing. Obviously, you had a great one. Um, so it, so it, it, was, it, it worked in your favor, man. But it's crazy how, how big this combine's gotten. But you're more than a combine guy, man. You turn on the tape, you see you just be able to create, you see be able to win as a route runner after the catch with the ball in the air. You know, ball skills, playing it 50 50 uh, ball, contested catches. So I, I like I like your game a lot. Um, I'm hoping you don't have to make a too far trip to, to find a new home. Maybe uh, the trip from SMU to, to, to Dallas won't be too far for you. And they'll, uh, they'll spin the pick on you because we need some receiver help. We need to add some explosiveness in that offense. I think you could do a lot of those things for us. Sir, yes, sir. Awesome, man. I know you got a, you know, by the time this comes out, you'll have a couple of days to, to take it all in, soak it all in, and then it'll be here. But I hope these next couple of days for you are least amount of stress as possible, even though I'm sure you're going to be nervous. You're going to be ner- It's going to be a nerve wracking time for you, but uh, enjoy it. Soak it all in, you know, enjoy it with your family and friends. And uh, it'll be, the, the work will start before you know it. So uh, enjoy these next couple of days and, and we're really rooting for you, man. Yes, sir, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. I, I enjoyed having you on. This is Danny Gray, SMU wide receiver, one of the top receivers in this draft class and a loaded wide receiver draft class. So uh, get to know him if you don't already. I'm sure you do. But he's got the speed. He's got the explosiveness. He's a great route runner. He can stretch the field vertically. do a lot of those things that you're looking for in these big-name, big-time receivers. So, Danny Gray, thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next week on the Talk in the Draft podcast as we close the door in this 2022 draft season. Danny, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Excited to be joined by Baylor running back Abram Smith. Abram, man, how you doing today? I'm fantastic. I think I'm fantastic every day. <laughs> that is good to hear. I know you got a you got a big week coming up as the NFL draft is upon us. Uh, we're into draft week. I know you probably got a ton of big plans with the family and the friends. Uh, take us through what this this weekend's going to look like for you. 
Uh, this weekend coming up, it's going to be a lot nerve-wracking. Uh, nervous, I'm always going to, you know, kind of just kind of be like waiting for my name to be called. Uh, but for the, I think literally with my family being there, I'm going to be okay. Uh, say a little private party for like me, my family and my friends. And then, you know, maybe if I see a couple like local fans and, you know, be with them for a little bit. But other than that, that's exactly what my week weekend for the draft week is going to be like. Now, where, where are you currently? Are you, are you back home? I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm back in uh, Abilene, Texas right now. Just okay. chilling out and training. Cool. So, so you're in Texas. You, you, the get together going to be at the house or you, you written out a, what's the, what's the plans? You got just people coming over to the house. Uh, we got a little deal. I had a place, a new place. It's just opened up called Potosi Log. They got like a little private area up top right. with a big screen. And we're going to have like all that kind of roped off the, so that way I can kind of sit on the couch and like watch the big screen and then over right. to the right or whatever it might be. It's going to be like a little party deal for, you know, family, friends. They want to like mingle and all that stuff. But right. like I'm going to be sitting on the couch <laughs> all night, kind of just looking at the big screen, not moving. You, you got to love that, right? Like all the family and the friends are like, this is this is so much fun. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, my God, I wish I like, was everybody- like eyes like wide open, just watching the screen, like waiting, like, OK, OK. Did my yep. phone vibrate? Did it? Did it go off? Did you hear yep. the ring? You know, so I think that's uh, that's going to be me this uh, I, past, this next weekend coming up. Obviously, I've never uh, I've never gone through something like that, so <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't know what it's like. But I can imagine it is very nerve wracking. Um, so I, I I'm excited for you. I know it's going to be a fun experience. Um, just enjoy it. You know, obviously, you know it's going to be stressful, but but try to enjoy it. But um, you've had a great man, great great career, at Baylor. You know, off season's been awesome for you. You've had an interesting one though too. Um, you know, you you started off you you started off being recruited as Baylor's a running back. They flipped you to linebacker. You had a ton of success at linebacker, and they flipped you back to running back. Kind of just take us through your career arc in college because it isn't a natural one. You know, you've switched positions, you switched sides of the ball, and you've been really good at both of those. Um, so kind of just take us through that career arc at Baylor. Uh, very, very unnatural. Um, just to do it at that level. You know, you can you hear about it all the time in college, but like to do it at the well, not college, but high school, but to do it at the college level is like, OK, like what <laughs> you kind of want to focus on one thing. But I was mostly playing. I came in as a running back or I really came in as an athlete, but I came in as, a, as my position was a running back and then. I flew down on like kickoff and punt, punt return and kind of just kickoff return. That was like my deal. Special teams is my deal. And that's why like I took a lot of my, like a lot of pride in was doing that because, you know, my family would come out and watch me and I got tired of them, you know, watching me sit on the sideline. That's not something like, you know, I wanted them to do. And even though they came out and did it, so I found a way to get on the field. And then eventually I got moved over to linebacker because I was flying down on kickoff and, he moved me over. It was uh, Coach Sarabo and, you know, Coach Rule. They moved me over to linebacker. But I wasn't really playing that much. And then whenever we got uh, Coach Granda that came in, and I started learning Coach Roberts, like, new defensive scheme and all that. And that 2020 season came uh, when Terrell went down. And I had a, some big shoes to fill. And so I did everything I could, everything in my power to actually be able to fill whatever part of the shoes that I can fill. Um, so I took my game and – Terrell helped me out. Dylan helped me out. PD helped me out. He gave me all the confidence that, confidence that I needed to succeed in that area. And then whenever it came to spring ball, uh, that 2021 season, spring ball of that was like, I remember Coach Aranda came up to me um, towards the end of the spring ball and was like, hey, you ever thought about going back to play running back? 
And like, I tell people all the time, I thought I was getting fired from a job. Like I wasn't doing it well enough or something. So I was sitting there like, okay, well, no, I haven't really thought about it, but like, if that's what the team needs me at, then that's what I'll go do. And I think it took maybe three practices after that. And then my green defensive jersey turned to a white offensive jersey come fall camp. And, you know, now here we are, you know, so. And I mean, obviously that had to have been like at the time, like you said, it's kind of like you're not taking this disrespect, but you're like, why are you trying to make me switch positions again? But I mean, man, like that kind of kickstarted it off for you. I mean, you, you, you're being you know talked about as one of the top running backs in this class now. Um, it had to kind of be a blessing in disguise now that you kind of look back at it and go, man, like, where would I have been? You know, good linebacker. Where would I have been, though, if I didn't go back to the offensive side of the ball? Do you ever kind of reflect on that and think, man, it was at the time I might not have been thrilled with it, but now looking back on it, it was a great decision for my future? Yeah, when I look back on it now, I'm kind of just like, like, I'm overall team player. So, like, whatever I can do to help the team is, like, really for me. So, like, when I look back on it now, like, I love – playing linebacker I love actually hitting people because that's like it's either be the hammer or the nail and then I went over to um the offensive side and I was still the hammer so it's like nothing right. changed and I just kind of ran with it like I'm actually really thankful like you said like I'm really thankful for the opportunity just to go back to running back and get the opportunity that I felt like early in my career that I really didn't get but I got it now and I feel like yeah like I'm honestly just thankful for the for coach Grimes and coach Aranda it's funny you you talked about you know the hammer and the nail situation there and it's so funny because you look at it and you're like as a linebacker the defense you're so used to just filling hole you know filling alleys coming up hitting hard but you kind of play the running back position like a linebacker when you watch you run the ball it's like you're still like you said you're still a hammer in that situation which is which is fun um and, and I want to talk a little bit about your game just overall in general, because you watch you run the football and you see that like linebacker kind of mentality where it's like, it's me and you, and you're not going to win this battle. Um, what else can you offer to an offense outside of just being a powerful violent inside and outside the tackle runner um, for, for fans or for teams who are drafting you, where are they going to get in your game that, that is going to you know take the offense to the next level? Well, I'm a every down back. That's something that at Baylor, you know, I had trust in there with me. He did most of the catching out of the backfield so I can do that I think that's one thing that's like a lot of people haven't seen uh underestimate me underestimate me when it comes to that so like I'm an every down back I can catch out the backfield I'm good at pass pro um just an overall solid back is what you're gonna get like I can do just about everything um given the opportunity to actually do it I'll go out and you know do everything I can to be on that field and you talked a little bit about the special teams earlier in your career um, just a little bit ago, has that been a big? I mean, teams love their running backs to be able to play special teams, just because you know they fill that they fill that role with big, athletic, physical guys, and running backs normally fit that bill along with the linebacker position. How much has special teams been a topic of discussion? Um, you know, when you've had these conversations with teams and the, the role they kind of see you in being a valuable special teams player. It's the first subject that gets brought up is like being able to contribute um to the team by playing special teams because I think I have like over 400 something snaps you know on special teams and I know exactly what I'm doing when I'm on there and I think when I talk to scouts that's something they bring up every time we start talking it's like we see you do this you know yeah you're a great runner you're you know powerful all that but we also see you on special teams and that's something like that separates me from a lot of running backs um in this class is because not a lot of them play special teams not a lot of them been 
um, I guess you can kind of say in the trenches like that. Cause I feel like special teams is like a uh, one play, give it your all, you know, headbutt whoever's next or whoever's in front of you type of uh, type of play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you, you, you know, went down the mobile for the senior bowl, you obviously had the combine. So it's been a hectic off season for you. It's been a busy off season for you since the combine, since the pro day, it's kind of calmed down for you. What you, what have you kind of been doing in the free time now that you, you don't have to get ready for a bowl game. You don't have to be consistently getting ready to run a 40 yard dash. What do you, I guess my question to you is, is outside of football, Abram Smith, what does he like to do? What is he without the football helmet on? Well, I still train. Uh, that's me. That's that's who I've always been growing up. So I, I train up over here in Abilene right now with the uh, at the field house. We got a place that I was training with uh, James Washington. He actually just signed with the Cowboys. So I was actually training with him for a little bit. And then outside of training, though, I do I spend a lot of time with my nephew. Um, I catch Pokemon and I play Lego Star Wars. So that's kind of like me. That's what I do. It's right. kind of like I chill, relax my downtime. It's not really like going out and about. It's more like just staying at home, enjoying my family. And that's it for me. That's what I love to do in my downtime. Awesome. You said you're training with James Washington, who just signed with the Cowboys. Um, there's been a lot. I don't know if you pay attention. And I guess let me ask that question. How hard is it for you to either ignore it or not pay a ton of attention to like where people are mocking you at and all that? I mean, as somebody who covers the NFL draft and covers football, like we love to do mock drafts. We love to mess around on these simulators nowadays. Are you on social media? Do you see that? And how hard is it to maybe ignore like, okay, this team, this fan base, this, this organization seems to be more interested in me than maybe another. Should I start looking at houses in Dallas or should I start looking at houses in Kansas city? Like, is that tough for somebody who's getting ready to get drafted to kind of, you know, silence those, those, the, the noise there and just focus on the task at hand? For me, it's really easy to ignore because, like, I kind of just whoever calls me is whoever's going to call me. So I know for me, it's easy to ignore. I kind of just block it all out with training and kind of what I'm doing on my own time. But my dad is kind of like he's into all that. He's like, hey, look, they did this. They did that. Look, somebody's saying your name here. And like, you know, we chop it up and we'll like crack jokes about it, you know. So for him, he's always on social media, kind of just following um, what people are saying about me and kind of gets like always he's like my hype man he's like you know the biggest hype man the best hype man you can have so that's his deal he goes through all social media and kind of gets like yeah, i've been doing my research they've been talking like this they've been talking <laughs> like that and so you know that's uh that's his deal so that's why it's easy for me to kind of ignore all that because at the end of the day he's going to tell me something like, hey i saw you on so-and-so's mock draft right they got you going this round and i'm like okay all right so what do you feel right. like well i feel like this and then you know we go from there so I don't know if you're able to disclose the information, you know, if you can, I understand. Um, being somebody that covers the Cowboys and a fan of them, you know, that has been a team that's been linked to you quite a bit this offseason. Can you talk at all about the conversations or workouts or Zoom meetings or whatever it is? Have you met with them throughout this offseason? And how have those conversations progressed, if you're able to touch on it? Um, I think for me and the Cowboys, it's kind of like uh, I met with them at the Senior Bowl. I uh, saw. It was like a scout named Chris. Uh, we always crack jokes when we see each other. Um, I literally saw him at the pro day, at Baylor's pro day. So outside of all that, there's no really like – there wasn't a Zoom meeting or like um, or like a workout. But like when I talked to him, it was mostly uh, good things whenever I did see him. Good, good, cool. Yeah, and obviously playing at Baylor, growing up in Texas, you know, the, they, they've had 
it's been a constant theme with them over the years the guys that they've been close to, whether it's college, high school, whatever it is, they, they seem to have a lot of information on those guys leading up to the draft. So they don't spend a ton of time meeting with the guys exactly. they're familiar with. Um, but, uh, man, so I just got one more thing and then we'll get you out of here. Um, I, you know, obviously love watching guys in the draft. I love watching guys in the NFL for you, a guy who's getting ready to come out, out of the draft and into the NFL. I wanted to ask you, I like asking this question, to all the guys, if you were building the best running back prospect, in the 2022 year. So not even prospect in the draft, but just best running back that you could build, whether it's taking bits and pieces from certain different players, games or building just one guy that you, you know, think can be the most effective in 2022. What would that guy look like to you? What would he look like to me? If I had to answer that question, I'd say kind of runs like Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubbs has Alvin Kamara's kind of hands, speed, um, kind of finesse. But then outside of that, I'd also say me as well. So kind of like between there. So like right. that's them and then me. So like, that's the way you, I see it. Your, your physicality and running style, which is kind of, like I said, when you watch yourself run, it's kind of very similar to the Nick Chubbs and Jonathan Taylors where there's no nonsense type of type of ability inside outside the tackle box and then that those receiving skills of Kamara and his speed and elusiveness is it's a ton of fun but yeah I was I always like getting that that answer because I always I always get some cool ones and um obviously Kamara is a ton ton of fun to watch and I think for my money I mean Nick Chubb I I love Jonathan Taylor too but I think Nick Chubb's one of the most underrated best backs in the league just 100 percent he's nasty man but um this is awesome. I love talking to you. I know, you, I know you, you're a busy, man, so I'm not going to keep you too much longer. was excited to have you on and get some more information, learn a little bit more about you. Um, close it with this. Whatever team drafts, Abram Smith, running back out of Baylor, can you kind of give them an idea of what they're getting on the field? We've talked about some of that, but just an overall review of the player they're getting and then the guy they're going to get off the field as well. On the field, they're getting overall just great go-getter, dog, um, all-around back all around just player overall and then off the field. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm a leader. Um, I also get involved in the community. So that's who you're getting. You're getting overall all around good dude. Awesome, man. This is a lot of fun. Thanks Abram for coming on, man. We'll be rooting for you coming up next week. Uh, I know it's going to be a busy hectic week for you. We'll be rooting for you to see where you land and uh, rooting for you this coming up here, man. Good luck. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, sir.